Coming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Thank you for tuning in, or streaming, or downloading Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. Justin is on California time and working it. He's doing his thing and is unable to attend again. Um, I hope he's having fun out there in Cali. Is or, he, he's in Cali? No, he's like in his living room, but he's working on California time. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you know. We're in the future. We are in the future. <laughs> From the past. In Yeah. And so confused. We miss you, Justin. Miss you. When are you coming back? Come back to us. It's hardly a show without you. It's just us. We need you, Obi-Wan. You're our only help. <laughs> and we got the geekness in right in off the bat. Yes. It's... Perfect. Check that box. Check that box. <laughs> Ding. How is all of yous? Uh... That don't don't be the first one to lost for words. Really? How are you doing, Ireland? <laughs> um, I'm all right. Other than just you know continued stress about moving. I think I even talked about moving last week. This is old news, but yeah, <laughs> I'm moving and it's stressful. But yeah, are you moving in New York? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep, I remember. I had to push back moving because of the snow. So oh, how much? Yeah. Snow? yeah is there a lot of snow? Yeah, it's coming down outside. I'm looking outside and it looks like at least a, three or four inches. I might be exaggerating, but it looks like a lot to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. There's we a little like, snow here. It's a wonderland. A little bit. It's like half inch or yeah, maybe a half inch. Enough to ruin my day. Really? No, I liked it. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't just, like frozen. Right. You know, like the first snow is okay because it doesn't freeze to your car. But yep, then yeah. once it rains. Yeah. I know. Snow is pretty for like five minutes and then it turns to gray sludge. And then yeah, that's what it is until March. Well, I mean, that's that's New York too, though, right? Yeah. We used yeah. to have we used to have tons of snow. Yay, global warming. I know. I remember. It's so weird. Like, because the past couple of years, it feels like we've barely gotten any snow. Like in Bloomington, especially. Like, I. I mean, there have been a couple winters where we like barely get any snow at all. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, like literally, two feet of snow every winter, like for most of the winter. Yeah. 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 It was. It was fun for a while, but now it's just kind of like a comes down once or twice a year and stays around for a day or two and then it's gone yeah then it's just cold freezing rain rain all the time um oh there's some dogs out for a walk across the street and they're loving the snow are they (laughs) very cute um narrating new york city by ireland meacham Um, by ireland meacham 
And now uh, we are peering into the uh, windows of the apartments across my street. Um, <laughs> see what what other people are up to on this <laughs> snowy snowy evening. <laughs> Just casually <laughs> stalking my neighbors. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do there? Doesn't everybody have oh, yeah. like the telescopes and everything pointing at each other's windows yeah okay good it's nice to know that's not just a it's not stalking here it's just normal yeah right right you don't have any other views of anything so you have to keep track on each other it's like friends exactly yeah my view is the apartment across the street yeah naked guy yeah yep Mm -hmm. um so lucas you have nothing um Anything good? Did you eat a nice sandwich? Did you? Did anything great happen? Did you like stub your toe on a something? D- nope, nothing really. Uh, uh, man, I just can't think of anything. Uh, oh, I've been working and sleeping and playing a lot of video games for the past couple of days because I I don't know I haven't had a lot of time. Um, I've been playing. Mostly Animal Crossing and a little bit. I mix it up a little bit of Animal Crossing and a little bit of GTA just ah. back and forth. <laughs> Those are like the two most different games, right? <laughs> and that's all I play right now. Just back and forth. Cats on, uh, actually, right now, Cats playing um, Skyrim. And mm-hmm. I, I was in the living room last night with her. And I was doing one thing, and and I just kind of was watching her in the periphery play, and oh my god, it's there's so much involvement and stuff. So, like, I yeah. I haven't played video games really since my brothers kept like knocking or erasing my game from uh, um, Legend of Zelda, the original one, and uh, that I I just gave up. I was like, whatever have your thing and then I, I didn't play anything anymore um but they're like, really involved in the artistry is beautiful anyway mm-hmm. yeah um, i love like sandbox games like that it's amazing sandbox games yeah games where you there's like an open world and oh, you okay can, you know do whatever you want yeah those are those are always fun. so fun that's that is awesome i'm thinking litter box so you know Cats. yeah same thing uh, <laughs> just a really big one then no it's really incredible i i love it and and so that new cyberpunk 2077 just came out yeah and i was gonna talk about that later today um during the show today do you want, do you want to put that off till later we'll have a... i don't know we can talk about it now do, do you want now. to because that's yeah, an interesting okay. that's an interesting let's start thing. with some let's start with some media Start with some hot media. Yeah, so the game Cyberpunk 77 has come out. Is it 2077 or 77? I don't know. Anyway, so that just came out a couple of days ago, and there was a lot of anticipation. And um, it, so it's sort of like a GTA game that's set in the future. Um, but there, it is in the news, in the gay news, the LGBTQ world. Um, because of uh, lots of cool things. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's cool. Cyberpunk 2077 will include gender-free character creation and Uh queer relationships. So one thing that I've already found out about the game is you can um, 
customize your genitalia, which yes. I think is kind of crazy. This is the first game, like, obviously, where that's ever been a, a thing. Um, and I haven't really looked into it because I haven't played the game, but what the heck? And But I guess uh, you can have a gender-free character, too. So, like, the, the character creation part of the game where you mm-hmm. get to design your own avatar, you can really focus on, you know, a gender and uh, not you're not stuck to the binary at all, which is awesome. And, yeah, there are apparently some story arcs, character arcs with, uh, you know, lgbtq romance queer romance which is really cool because you you know you don't have those kind of stories and especially not in video games right but now we got one and it's actually really cool too because uh in the future in 2777 the their culture is way more accepting of like uh trans people and gender variant people gender yeah, yeah non-binary people so it's really cool I've, I've seen like advertisements in the game of different things and it's just like there's a trans woman like front of a front cover of a poster yeah and different things like that which is really cool i saw a post about that today that it had like like her character has like a trans flag sticker on their like um you know pack of uh, backpack or whatever she carries there was a car that had two trans uh pride stickers on it that you can't like take off or anything like that they're like they're like stuck to the car they they come with the car so you drive around and the car just has like trans pride flags oh that's so cool yeah that's the kind of like i want like a gta where you can like drive around instead of like killing sex workers like yeah, you know, right. you can like be a woman, be a, be a badass like trans woman driving around in her like cool ass car with like, you know. Yeah, I mean, none of the GTA Sorry, games of- are women. Even they're all every GTA character is a man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, come on. Nice to get nice to get representation. It actually, so Kat's been playing Skyrim, and Skyrim's been out for a while. That she's got the latest version of it. And- uh, apparently there's a new one that's coming out in a couple of years. They keep promising it. But in this version of Skyrim, she plays, a, uh, I think it's Khajiit, um, which is a cat person. And uh, she has a wife and a couple of kids. And her wife follows her around and they adventure together. And, oh, and I'm so like, fun. what? Really? Awesome. And yeah, you can you can have queer relationships there too. So it's not really that involved with the relationship aspect of it um but it's there so that that's it, when i saw that i was just like no way that's that's way cool and um and i guess the big thing is you can make them kiss that's the and it says give me some sugar and then they <laughs> they lean in for you can kiss. make them kiss yeah it's like sims kind of you yeah, know? I mean, Sim- yeah, Sims was kind of, you know, they they've allowed queer relationships and stuff for a while now, right? Last few, I'm not big into video games. I can't. Um, don't quote me on that. I think so. Yeah, was it? Uh, I think as as early as Sims Two, even 
Yeah. Yeah. I've just heard a lot of, I mean, like a lot of my queer friends being like, oh yeah, I love the Sims. I'd always make the, you know, I'd have like two, two women and like make them. Yeah. Yeah. Since the Sims 2. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, nice. And the Sims 2 came out in like, I don't know, 2005 or 2006. Mm Does that sound right? Yeah. And I think you can still like have babies and stuff, even though it's like, you know, in queer relationships and Sims and stuff, like there's a way to do it. Well, we've got news about that coming up later. Um, actually, not too later. It's great how these things come together. That is just a great segue. So we had talked a couple weeks ago about <laughs> uh, Curtis Hill, uh, the disgraced and outgoing attorney general for Indiana, had introduced uh, Box versus Henderson uh, and was trying to get that passed through the Supreme Court in Box versus Henderson, uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals ha- uh, for the Seventh Circuit had sided with eight married lesbian couples who had children via artificial insemination, as many do, including about a dozen or so couples I know. Um, they based this on the fact that Obergefell and ha- versus Hodges uh, legalized marriage equality, establishing that all marriages be treated the same, like the same, like. Part of the big thing was making sure that um, we would have equal rights to all of the, was it 1,400 uh, rights and privileges afforded to married, specifically worded married couples um, in state laws across the United States. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, later on, there was another... Uh, case called Pavin versus Smith a couple of years later in 2017. Uh, in that decision, they ruled the same-sex couples do have the right to be named on their child, on their children's birth certificate, right? Um, so the, the person who didn't give birth could also be on. Um, it was pretty straightforward. Box V was being set up as a challenge to the Pavin ruling and to be a first uh, success at whittling down Obergefell. And uh, Curtis, Strayhands Hill, uh, <laughs> sorry, he, that, it just angers me that he is still the Attorney General and he is, uh, he has been accused, um, no conviction yet of him being inappropriate, but still, that's just, thank you, Indiana. Uh, Hill's argument was that states have the right to maintain the, quote, biological distinction between males and females and presume that a mother's husband is her child's father. I don't know all about that presumption, uh, Mass. Maury Povich wouldn't have had a career in the a career in the 2000s if that presumption was infallibly correct, right? Uh, So the heavily right-leaning court, the conservatives still couldn't pull it through. Because different, uh, but equal, still doesn't work. The um, the court decided not to hear it. So they didn't lay down a traditional decision. What they do in deciding not to hear it means that the lower court ruling stands, right? Woo! Woo! Yeah, screw you, Curtis Hill. And... Yeah, screw you, man. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> I'm so tired of that biological distinction between males and females argument it's like these people are so opposed to science and then they want to use 
this, and that's not even correct. Like if they would crack open a book and look at some actual scientific research, they would know that, that, that sex isn't even a, there's no binary, like, you know, like, um, there's no biological binary in that way. Right. Um, which I am a physical manifestation of like as an intersex person, I defy that whole premise. Mm-hmm. And exactly. 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 Like, uh, we want to establish say it this. again for the people in the back, right? Say it again for all the freaking people I know. Like, uh, never mind. You know, I've been arguing with turfs now for, um, and turfs for all you out in the the world listening are trans exclusionary radical feminists, which sounds the the radical feminist part is awesome. The trans exclusionary part isn't. And we've we've covered this a lot before, but um, you know I've in my arguments with them over the past twenty years, a couple of things stand out. Number one, they kind of like Trump supporters have a canned set of responses to things, and if you deviate from that, they don't know what to do, so they repeat them, like but louder. <laughs> so. They just try to convince you of your non-existence if you're intersex because they don't understand that because it doesn't fit in their cosmology. And the other thing is they are very, um, their arguments are very similar to these biological distinctions between male and female that are used by the far right. And in fact, there are uh, turf speakers who are funded by in many cases, they're invited to um, talk. They're supported by far right wing activists who are against uh, trans folk. So it's it's sad, you know, that so many people still believe this stuff and that they're still propagating it over the years. But that's not what this is about. This is about we get to celebrate all of these fantastic. Uh, people who are parents who get to be parents on the birth certificate and um, not have to go through the money, but mostly the torture of adopting their own kids. You know, that's what we did five years and farther ago. And now um, it's been upheld that that's not the case. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Win. That is, yeah, that is a win. And totally. we should celebrate for that, because uh, I'm just glad we're not here uh, on the opposite side, on the other side, because, like, you know, you never know. Um, you don't. And especially in this America in where people are. <laughs> right. And we'll get to that, too. Uh, yeah, we could talk about Indiana. I mean, but it's just good to hear. It's good that that is going to stay. Yeah. And it's the law of land. It's not state by state. And on the other end of the spectrum, speaking of state by state, we have a case out of Michigan where a judge has ruled uh, a counter to a Supreme Court ruling earlier this year in the Bostock case, uh, which was a win for equal protections under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, in which it lays out an argument that sex does not cover or sex does cover sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. In Michigan, Judge Christopher Murray asserted that Michigan's Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act does ban 
discrimination on the basis of sex, just not sexual orientation. The act expressly forbids discrimination based on an individual's, quote, religion, race, color, national origin, age, sex, height, weight, familial status, or marital status. One twist is that Judge Murray's interpretation of this law does not does cover uh, transgender people. Michigan's Attorney General Dana Nessel vowed to appeal, stating that we need to submit, or we intend to submit uh, that all Michigan residents are entitled to protection under the law, regardless of their gender identity or sexual orientation, in our appeal to this decision. So, um, yay, they're appealing it, and if this goes higher, it might run into the Supreme Court's Bostock decision, um, because in Bostock, they argued very well <laughs> that you can't uh, discriminate based on sexual orientation, and that is covered under the definition of sex, because it's about sex stereotypes, and that includes relationships. So, um, hopefully this will be defeated. It's really strange that it, uh, the decision says that it covers trans folk, which, because, uh, trans folk are usually the first to get tossed under the bus, but, um, how backwards is this going in, you know, we just had Bostock. How, what is this judge trying to, uh, to do here because obviously you have state law conflicting with federal law now and um it's just begging to go to the supreme court so is this a challenge to bostock or is this uh just this one judge's nonsense hmm. it, it's just uh it's just something that in the in the midst of the good news that popped up and it just seemed in so incongruous with yeah what the trend has been even this um, year right yeah even this yeah. year like with clarence thomas and uh the supreme court you know people i remember weren't we just talking about this recently uh with thomas and alito trying to get things reversed yeah. trying to question mm -hmm. those things so yeah. it's nice to see that it we have some validation the AG is nice to it. It's good to see that the attorney general's fighting this and vociferously. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like to see that, you know, says a lot to the Supreme court. Like if you have someone under the Supreme court saying it like, and maybe that sounds kind of backward, but it's, that's just really good. Really good to hear. Which I'm confused now. <laughs> I confuse myself. <laughs> Wait, okay, so this was a judge in the Michigan court. Right, or in the Michigan court, yeah. Okay, okay. So so I'm a little confused on how that works. Like, if a judge in a state court, like, goes against something that the Supreme Court decided, what happens then? So, I mean, this is state law, so they have their own Equal Rights uh, Protection Act. And, right. um, like, all states have some sort of that uh mm -hmm. and then there's the federal uh civil rights act and this federal civil rights act is like the gold standard mm -hmm. right other courts can use that as uh, uh ways to come to decisions you know that it's they're using that as precedent or they're 
they're taking it on advisement, uh, how federal law is uh, structured. So here we have a, a lower court who they had to have seen it. It was what the end of June was Bostock's decision. Yeah. Um, so we covered and, that, I think. And they're saying, well, you know, by, by state law, you can't do that. And, and there are strong arguments for state law versus federal law and maintaining states' rights to um, develop laws for their citizens. But at the same time, if this goes higher, that all that does is drag state law into federal court and the federal court can decide if uh, state law is is out of touch with the Constitution. And if right. it's if it doesn't um, if they rule that it doesn't uh, it's unconstitutional, then that overrides the state court's laws and like Obergefell overrode all of the state laws that said marriage is only between a man and a woman. Right. Right. Hmm. So yeah. I, I just, uh, I just can't see why he would say that unless he wanted it to be taken farther. Um, yeah. And great. The attorney general is going to take it farther. Woo. Yay. Michigan attorney general. Yay. Michigan <laughs> responsible. <laughs> uh, that's the same state where went the, blue too right <clears throat> it did so yeah uh, that was the same state though where they they tried to depose the uh, the governor kidnapper and everything wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> whoa oh, that's a mixed bag that is such a mixed bag and we've had some uh what do you call this three percenters and and other militia groups come down to Indiana from, I mean, not that we don't have our own, but come down from Michigan. So they've, they've got a ton of, uh, uh, militia groups up there too. Mm -hmm. It's, I guess maybe it's just a microcosm of America at this time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of happy yet worrisome. Maybe it'll, it'll be crushed and they'll have to, um, then the other states will have to follow suit and and adopt um, federal law now, Title VII interpretation as being uh, covering sexual uh, identity and gender identity. So, um, but moving on, uh, oh yeah, so I saw this headline in LGBTQ Nation. I go to a few different sites to aggregate news and. Uh, LGBTQ Nation is run by uh, Bill Browning, who ran Bellerico, uh, which was one of my absolute favorite um, news LGBT news sites. It was kind of one of the only. It was it was the biggest one and was the only for a while, um, and then he and his husband kind of uh, moved away from DC and changed format a little bit. And um, and came up with LGBTQ Nation and Blairco kind of went by the wayside. Um, anyway, Bill's from Indianapolis, so he's he's a native son. And, oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. I've been using this site now for years for blooming out and for everything else too. Yeah, so. wow. No, it's he's, I didn't know that. 
Uh, he's from Bloomington or, or from Indianapolis. And well, actually, no, he lived in Indianapolis. He might be from Southern Indiana, maybe from Evansville area. Even more local, right? Um, wow. We're I'm sorry, Indiana's Bill, so if popular. I get this totally wrong. <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> but no, he's he's great. I've met him a couple times, and um, he's a lovely person. And anyway, uh, so I. I traipsed through their place once in a while and I saw this headline and I, the, the story itself doesn't have any more substance than the headline could provide. Um, so I'll just leave it at this. Dozens of white nationalists screamed abuse at a pro Trump drag queen trying to speak at a MAGA rally. Yikes. Yikes. I, I went in to read the rest of it and it was just as horrible as you can imagine from that title. So I will spare everybody. Um, if you want to read it, go to LGBTQ nation. This is not, we're not getting paid for, for that, but, uh, it, it's just so sad that there is a pro Trump drag queen and yeah. that <sighs> they got into a fight, uh, not physical fight, but, fight of words uh <laughs> that's just cried. ironic uh but in similar related hotness uh hot messness milo yanopoulos right we remember him right a couple years ago let's give a uh, refresher for listeners who maybe don't milo is, milo uh is a was a trump supporter He's from England. He's a gay man who is uh, uh, far right and was huge in the talk shows. And he showed up everywhere at just loving on Trump and and denouncing leftists and gay rights. And, and it just I don't understand that mindset. So, um he might say it Milo. I say it Milo because Milo's short from Milos, and I know a lot of Miloses. Um, anyway, he's mad. He's really mad, folks. He's so so upset that Trump lost the election that the Supreme Court threw out the ridiculous Texas lawsuit to throw out results in swing states. Trump lost, and he uh, and that he's not in the media spotlight and making money anymore. He's coming back with a vengeance, literally. He went on a t Twitter tirade saying, quote, in all caps, burn the Republican Party to the effing ground, unquote. And hey, I nice. agree. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, sounds reasonable. Mm -hmm. sounds, sounds reasonable. <laughs> uh, and then Trump's SCOTUS appointments were pointless. We defended a selfish clown for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Great with that, too. Uh, and this uh, whiny shiny. I lost everything helping to put Trump in office. I lost my life and career were completely destroyed. Was it worth it? No, I feel utterly betrayed. Yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally the money oh. shot. I will have vengeance. Uh, italics mine. And there it is. Direct from the horses. Something. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's so funny how butthurt Trump supporters are. Oh, there's it's not enough just so funny Trump content. Where's my butthurt Trump content? 
<laughs> Sorry. It's, um. it's here. It's all over Twitter, apparently. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's on that new one. Parlor. Oh. Yeah, I just I saw a bunch of uh, uh, people posting from Parlor because I I'm not joining that. Um, but people were posting uh, other people's posts from Parlor in Facebook, and they were talking about how uh, um, Mitch McConnell had congratulated Biden, President-elect Biden, and they were just so angry and calling for for Mitch McConnell's removal and and worse. <laughs> and I'm looking at that saying this is uh gold and they're they're cannibalizing themselves. It's auto cannibalism. It it Yeah, literally. Whew. And they don't even see it. And that's the weird part. They're they're one minute they're all I'm voting for Mitch McConnell and then the next minute you know he's the devil and those two things can switch back and forth and it seems it's it's almost like 1984 when you know we're at uh we're at war with oh gosh I'm gonna get it wrong because I haven't read it since junior high um uh, uh. Eurasia or something like that I can't remember um, but yeah, we're at war with them. We've always been at war with them. We're not at war with them. We've never been at war with them. They, it, it's these these whiplash back and forth um, comments and ideal like like ideological sticking points. You would think like they they're like this is right. These people are right, and then the next minute these people are wrong, and we need to get and. Did you, did you not listen to yourself five minutes ago? Like, was that? Yeah. I, well, I don't okay. These, these, let's remember, these are the same people who are more afraid of the COVID vaccine than COVID. Um, True. Logic is not their forte. Uh, but still, I mean, there has to be some kind of awareness, self-awareness. Crows are self-aware. Apes are self-aware. Yeah, right? Cats are self-aware. I mean... We can go on down the line to like grasshoppers. I think I'm not sure where it stops, but you know, self awareness is is shared by many creatures in the natural world, except apparently Trump supporters. And <laughs> um, speaking as relative of a few, damn. Does that count as a curse word? Can we say that on the radio? I didn't think that was a bad thing. The what? The D word. The D word. Well, no, not well. The- depends on which D word you're talking about. The D word's fine. Like the as long D as it's not or after. Oh right, oh. right. Oh, because then D you word. have to mute the first word in that conjunction. Um. Exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I don't know what to say to those people anymore. I don't get it. I don't know what they're holding on We're- to. The world is changing, and they are not able somehow to get with the program. And I think it's the um, it's we're I don't know. They're just constantly being disproven, and there's no amount of evidence or facts or logic that will ever change their mind. It's just I don't know. 
they are afraid of change to the point um i don't know clinging to this yeah all these archaic institutions that help it help them make sense of the world in some mm-hmm. weird way and they want that so badly which is why they're so scared of that being taken away from them but if they would just realize that it's better on the other side with all right. of us like on the party side on the party side <laughs> yeah on this side you get to have sex you can do drugs <laughs> just kidding well we're not don't we do don't drugs can't stand we don't endorse drugs. yeah we do not endorse that do right. not do drugs just unless kidding, it's legal in your state you can be gay you can <laughs> i don't know i uh it hurts all jokes it hurts. aside all jokes aside yeah um people? yeah yeah well maybe they'll get maybe it will hurt their brains so much that they will break and then be open to um seeing different viewpoints and and listening to other people and i mean you don't have to join this quote-unquote side or whatever yeah um thank you melanie because here's the thing i mean we gotta not think about sides yeah I mean, as much as we want to point fingers and, you know, I I don't want to identify it on, on a side. I just want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I tore and, fences uh, down in my yard. Voila. Like, you know, I tore fences down in my yard in Indianapolis. I don't like barriers. I don't like clearly delineated things, kind of obviously, I guess. But this is our society has become so privacy fenced off and we're all you know huddled within our walls um we kind of forget how beautiful it is and we just walk out and there's no there's no impediment to our vision and to our uh ability to move right like (laughs) we can go places we can do things you can see different aspects of american society and the world um but if you keep yourself in that one track your whole life uh that's all you're gonna see and that sucks so um yeah yeah i would love to see a world where there's not these sides and you know but i feel like it's It's I don't know. Zealand. I feel like it's more them than us than that's creating this division. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I but then even then, the that statement—that's uh, yeah, dividing. So I don't well, trust I, anyone. <laughs> that's how we're trained. That's how we're brought up. We're brought up with yeah. these divisions in our minds. We're brought yeah, up with the these, them and us thing. Them and us, and and how to uh, preserve the them and us paradigm. Right. And, and that's why there's you know a deep state. You know that's why people are. Have to there's, make up queuing on. There's nothing deep. There is. We've nothing been doing deep. it for These years. These people are so we've shallow. Been it for thousands of years, thousands yeah. of years, we've come up with all sorts of conspiracies to Dumb hate crap. gay people. <laughs> right. Um, Stop it. <laughs> one love, people. One love. Let's get back to that. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little carried away. Carried away. Caught up. Caught up in the moment. Caught, caught up in the moment. Yeah. In the feels. Sorry, I said that. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is correct. No, that's that is correct. Uh, taking I'm it farther afield, taking it outside of 
the boundaries of the United States uh, without having a... Uh, we can't travel to the rest of the world right now, and that's really sad. I was looking at a COVID map of the world, and there are two countries, I think, three countries maybe, that are worse than the United States. Um, the The worst for per capita COVID cases is, uh, unfortunately for my ancestors, uh, Serbia. And Oh no, the Serbs. The second worst uh, is um, uh, Sweden, I believe. And third and worst three is, and I'm, is I'm Indiana. Swedish. No, 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 not oh. even. Indiana is not even, I mean, we're, we're bad. We're like number four. Um, the, the United States overall, Indiana, probably not too great overall itself. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was sad to see that Sweden was number two and Sweden has, you know, they're the ones that we're looking to for the Swedish, uh, solution, right? And who right. and neighboring the Norway Swedish experiment? Yeah. yeah, they had like um. Well, um, was it fifty? Wait a second, fifty-eight per capita. Let me. Just, I think I have it here. Well, didn't Sweden like have no rule on the coronavirus, or was that Norway? Yeah, that was Sweden. They did nothing. They they, they decided to like to try it. It was like a. They said that like they were like. Essentially just, willing to sacrifice the people of the country in order to test out whether yeah. just doing nothing would do anything at all. Well, yeah, I feel like they were just like, we're going to, it almost seemed like a social experiment because, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, that is. I, and they, they just, what a horrible one. Because mm-hmm. I remember reading something like they were like, we trust that our people will be safe kind of deal. <laughs> Which is just a terrible idea. Oh, dummies. Um, Now, don't quote me on that. I don't know if they said that. I don't want Sweden on me. It's like the people that were like, went to giant family Thanksgivings. Oh, we were all really safe. Don't worry. We were all really safe. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's horrific um, that you use that as your, uh, you know, we, we... I can't even I I don't even know the mentality of it so I can't even summarize it. Um but I've met I've met people like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to cough my head off right now. <coughs> All right, that was my head. Um Oh shoot. Melanie, where'd your head go? <laughs> sorry. That was bad. That was a bad joke. That was, that was funny. Terrible. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That was I'm good. sorry. I thought it was uh, funny. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go now. Bye. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, maybe we should take a music break. Should we take a music break? <laughs> well, I, I've got, I've got well, something coming up. Anyway, so the United States is doing terrible. One country that actually Asia is doing fantastic, Southeast Asia in particular, um, and China. But not just in the COVID thing. And the COVID thing just kind of slipped in because I didn't want to talk about COVID. But because uh, this is interesting. So the United States uh, just got outshone in the acceptance and education departments by another smaller, less uh, what one might think of as a progressive place to dwell, Cambodia. Yep. If Southeast Asia were a sandwich, it would be the meat slid between Thailand and Vietnam. 
they're set to expand their first grade through senior year of high school education in age-appropriate ways, of course, of human sexuality and gender identity. The course is being called Life Skills. First to teach, and this is a quote, first to teach children about the biology of male and female bodies, the LGBTQ advocate Sern Schorn, um, to explain gender identity and how this could differ from biological sex. Third, uh, to focus on gender-based violence, forced marriage, and discrimination based on sexual orientation, Schorn said to Nam Pen Post. Uh, there is a con- um, here's a country that's been through several decades of hell uh, since we were embroiled in Viet- the Vietnam War uh, all the way to today. They've, they've had a lot of political uh, and social problems, and you can look all that up and cry over that later. Um, and I lost my place. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe because of that and the way their people have suffered, they have the desire to try and value all people. The curriculum, reports say, would also include sections on prevention of gender-based violence and how to prevent HIV infection and other sexually transmitted diseases, which has not been taught in schools there before, according to Dr. Che Kim Sithavi. Sithave? Sithe? Sithave. <coughs> Sithavi. Director of the Ministry's School of Health, School Health Department. Sithavi said life skills is aimed at teaching students that homosexuality is normal, and that LGBTQ people should not be discriminated against. Values have changed over the past years, and courses need to be adapted, she said. Wow. I mean, Cambodia. Cool. I mean, we can't even do that here. Uh, we can't do a lot of things here. We don't even have sex education basic. Yeah, literally. Care. We don't even have, yeah, basic. We don't even, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. So kudos to Cambodia. Yeah, for um, real. That's so good. That's so cool. I'm that that's awesome. And and they, you know, uh they don't have protections for LGBT people specifically in society. They don't have marriage equality. Um those things though don't seem like they're going to be too far off. It is a monarchy. Uh so change can happen pretty swiftly. Um mm-hmm. And apparently, this has. So, yay! Good news outside of our borders. Um, and here's That's another especially, one. Especially, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Just especially, like, inspiring after all the, like you said, hell they've been through yeah. in the last few des- decades. The, like, that's cool that it can turn around in that way. Absolutely. And that that's... Uh, it's inspirational to see people when they re when they're rebuilding how they take into account the um the people in the society that had been overlooked you know or that had been discriminated against or that had uh suffered mightily so that's just a continuation of of the beauty of humanity right mm-hmm. uh and then there's big news from today did you see it biden uh-huh. taps that booty oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> oh when I saw the headlines, Biden taps Buttigieg, I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, people. Buttigieg sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, for transportation secretary, and you might say, transportation secretary? Why transportation secretary? Oh. Uh, yeah. There was talk of Buttigieg being uh, tapped to be an ambassador to China. 
or to head up several other departments, but uh, transportation secretary. And when he was on the campaign trail, he talked a lot about uh, infrastructure and rebuilding and the importance of um, of our highway system and our rail system and uh, transportation in general. And, you know, Indiana's the crossroads of America, right? So uh, I don't think they use that in their advertising anymore. But that's what it used to to be famed for because um, everything kind of rolled through here. So not everything, but you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, in a way it, it makes sense and also it fits in with his other values. But, and if I can uh, share this a little bit, his acceptance speech, he explains a little bit of that. Can we do that? Madam Vice President-elect, uh, thank you so much for entrusting me with this opportunity to serve the American people. I am humbled by your confidence, eager to do everything in my power to ensure that this administration succeeds. My hometown, South Bend, Indiana, was built by the power of American transportation, from trade along the river, whose bend gives our city its name, to the rail lines that connected us to the rest of the country back when we were considered the West, to the livelihoods created by the good-paying union jobs at places like the aeronautical supplier Bendix and the giant auto assembly of Studebaker. And now climate and infrastructure innovation are helping bring my community into the 21st century. I've also had a personal love of transportation ever since childhood. More than once as a college student, I would convince a friend to travel nearly a thousand miles back to Indiana with me on Amtrak. Though I know that in this administration I will at best aspire to be the second biggest uh, train enthusiast around. I spent a spring break in graduate school aboard a cargo ship studying there. Travel in my mind is synonymous with growth, with adventure, even love, so much so that I proposed to my husband Chaston in an airport terminal. So don't let anybody tell you that O'Hare isn't romantic. And I want to take this chance to thank Chaston for everything that he gives and everything that he sacrifices to support me in public service. First time I ran for office was on a platform of supporting the Obama-Biden administration's rescue of the auto industry. And when I did first take office as mayor, in a city fighting its way out of the teeth of the Great Recession, infrastructure was at the heart of our vision. We reimagined how vehicles and people moved through the city, unlocking new economic vibrancy in our urban core. We built up partnerships from a regional collaboration to improve rail service to the public-private partnership that put our city at the cutting edge of bicycle mobility. We developed new forms of support for lower-wage workers in their commutes and added electric vehicle charging infrastructure to help prepare for a more sustainable. We also dealt with the challenges created by generations of often inadequate state and federal infrastructure funding with just enough resources to replenish the paving of every lane mile of street in our city only every 100 years or so, I faced a constant battle with that natural enemy of all mayors, the pothole. And in a community where more than a quarter of our residents lived in poverty, we worked to fill in the gaps that were created when underfunded transit resources left too many cut off from opportunity just because they didn't have the means at its best, transportation makes the American dream possible, getting people and goods to where they need to be. 
directly and indirectly creating good-paying jobs. At its worst, misguided policies and missed opportunities can reinforce racial, economic, and environmental injustice, dividing or isolating neighborhoods, undermining government's basic role to empower everyone to thrive. And now comes a historic opportunity. This administration can deliver policies and resources that will create jobs, rise to the climate challenge, and equitably serve all Americans, all while continuing to ensure the safety of travelers and workers. America has given this administration a mandate to build back better. And step one in building back better, literally, is to build. Americans shouldn't settle for less than our peers in the developed world when it comes to our roads and bridges, our railways and transit systems. The U.S. should lead the way. And I know that in this administration, we will. We'll bring together leaders and communities from every corner, labor and business, left, right and center, urban and rural, communities of color, tribal nations, mayors, counties, states, everyone who has a stake in American infrastructure to design a better Americans expect us to see to it that the idea of an infrastructure week is associated with results and never again a media punch. My view of this opportunity is also shaped by being the youngest member so far named to this cabinet and the first millennial invited to a seat at that table. Newer generations have a lot at stake in infrastructure policy that by its nature must contemplate both the immediate and the long term. The question of how America will look by the middle of this century, the competitiveness of our economy, the security of our climate. For me, this isn't academic, it's personal. I'm also mindful that the eyes of history are on this appointment, knowing that this is the first time an American president has ever sent an openly LGBTQ cabinet member to the Senate for, for confirmation. I can remember watching the news, 17 years old in Indiana, seeing a story about an appointee of President Clinton named to be an ambassador, attacked and denied a vote in the Senate because he was gay, ultimately able to serve only by a recess appointment. At the time, I had no aspirations of being appointed by a president to anything. At that age, I was hoping to be an airline pilot. And I was a long way from coming out, even to myself. But still, I watched that story. And I learned something about some of the limits that exist in this country when it comes to who is allowed to belong. But just as important, I saw how those limits could be challenged. So two decades later, I can't help but think of a 17-year-old somewhere who might be watching us right now. Somebody who wonders whether and where they belong in the world or even in their own family. And I'm thinking about the message that today's announcement is sending to them. So thank you, Mr. President-elect. Thank you for honoring your commitment to diversity with this administration that you're assembling. And thank you, Madam Vice President-elect, for your trailblazing leadership, your encouragement, and your friendship. There is no greater source of meaning in professional life than the chance to serve others. I felt that meaning every time I laced up my boots when I was in the military, every time I came to work when I was a mayor. And I feel it here now, joining this historic team with such an important mission, preparing to deliver for all Americans. All right, there we go. So that was his acceptance speech. I think wow. he touched on absolutely everything there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, cool. you know, I don't know. 
he won't be president, so that's all right. Um, for the progressives who wanted somebody who was more progressive, yeah. um, but uh, maybe this is the perfect thing for him, and if he's got a passion for it, fantastic. Uh, I do know a few people who, my mom included, who were really excited about him, uh, and were really interested in, in him, um, and upset. I think when, Justin was as well. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and that's great. I mean that that's the diversity of of opinion and what people are looking for and and how people uh, want their leadership to be right. Um, not a whole lot of people are happy about Biden as well, but, uh, in comparison, I'm happier things went the way they did. Uh, that appointee, by the way, was, uh, James Hormel and he was ambassador to Luxembourg. So, woo. Um, so go Buttigieg. You got your appointment. You got your place. Do good things and um, make Indiana proud because we really couldn't be more disappointed yeah. in our, our leadership. So, Truly. Um, Truly. Yeah. And I think that we are very much over time. We've got about two hours of recording here. <clears throat> yes, we are out of time. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. I'm Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, wear your damned masks, and good night from your Blooming Out family. Cheers and zero tears. Back in my lane and I'm cruising slow. The world